A River to Cross, A Story of Life, Chapter 50, God is Gracious, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, That Saved a Wretch Like Me, I Once Was Lost, But Now Am Found, was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. When we've been there ten thousand years, Bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. This most famous of hymns was written in 1772, probably as a prayer by a born-again slave trader named John Newton. It is solid theology and experientially tells the story of all who are in Christ who have been born again. I identify with each and every word. It tells us of grace, the amazing grace of God that is a part of who our Heavenly Father is. Grace is absolutely the key to our daily lives in many ways. Nowhere does God's grace appear more prominently and providentially than here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Grace is the most precious substance of which I know. Grace is the precious gift of God reaching down the hand of a king to a hopeless beggar like me, who is utterly hopeless apart from the saving grace of God. God is a gracious God, and if this is all we ever knew of God, it is sufficient to fuel an unending hymn of praise from all who taste of him who is grace without measure, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is a God of grace. His grace amazes anyone and everyone who is living in it. Yes, we live in grace, God's unmerited favor, bestowed upon us bountifully day by day. When we awaken this morning, that was God's grace. When we draw in a breath of air, that is God's grace. When we lie down and when we get up, when we move and when we are still, when we breathe and when we cease to breathe, each and all of these represent God's grace. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. John chapter 1 verse 16. Look at that same verse from the Amplified Bible. 
For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped up upon gift. John 1.16 Amplified Bible each one of God's attributes is the very essence of God, and they are all needed for our daily lives. While I know we need each one of God's attributes, I say without hesitation that God's grace ministers to me personally in a deep and profound way that seems to equal all of the other attributes combined. God's grace is present in every aspect of our lives. We are standing in God's grace, and we are awash in waves of grace. Thanks be to God, who is gracious without measure. How does God's grace change how we look at and maneuver through a typical day? When we are blind to God's grace, it is just an undercover angel of sorts who is at work in our lives, and we are blissfully ignorant of it. But when we wake up to God's presence and the fullness of who God is, His grace comes to us out of everything the day brings. I am writing this paragraph sitting outside on an early spring morning in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, and the clover and the leaves are swaying in the breeze. Doves are cooing, other birds are singing, and the sun's dapple rays are passing through the live oaks as the squirrels run to and fro. God's grace is blessing my skin, eyes, and ears. Grace is sweet to the ear and a blessing to the soul. How does grace impact your daily life? Well, you cannot taste grace, you cannot see or hold grace, yet grace is sweeter to the taste than the richest of chocolate. Grace feels better than the finest linen on your body. You may not hold grace, but grace holds you and me through the worst of times. How sweet is the sound of God's grace in our lives. God's grace sounds mighty sweet in our salvation, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. God's grace is sweet when we know we have been redeemed by grace. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. Romans chapter 3 verses 22 through 25. God's grace is how we stand, how we keep from falling, and how we have and occupy the place we enjoy in life. It is not just about standing, but about everything we experience in our present life, including breath, heartbeat, thoughts, words. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 2. 
God's grace sounds especially sweet in the face of my daily failures, which are more appropriately called sin. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 5 verses 20 through 21. When you face the challenges of life today, remember it is also God's grace that allows this challenge to come. It is God's grace that empowers you to work through the challenge, and it is God's grace that keeps the challenge from being more than you can handle. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. Tragically, we often find ourselves resisting God's grace. We resist God's grace when we try to demonstrate we can do life on our own. We just naturally want to take charge of and receive recognition for our transformation. So we resist grace. We want to be strong. We want to be heroes. Grace says you cannot even draw breath without God acting in and through his grace. God is saying whatever you are facing, you cannot get through it. You just can't do it without me. But it, then he goes on to assure us my grace is sufficient. He is saying, you can't, but I can, so you can in me and through me by grace. Every hour of every day, we stand in complete dependence upon the grace of God. We are as dependent upon God's grace as a child in the womb is dependent in every way upon the mother. God's grace is giving us light and breath and sustenance for our bodies, souls, and spirits, Grace is God's daily manna given into our lives from above. We have never seen such a substance before, but it is the sweetest thing we will ever know, and upon grace we depend. The hymn, Amazing Grace, does in itself teach us profound lessons about God's grace. I am not speaking of the words or the story, but the circumstances that give rise to its being written. How many men, women, and children suffered and died at the hands of John Newton and his employers before God's grace brought Newton to salvation and the penning of this wonderful hymn? God's grace is at work through very difficult circumstances to lead us to a place of awakening to God's goodness and our deep sin. Grace is good no matter what form it takes because God is its source and its dispenser. And the purpose and end of grace is our reconciliation with God. I have no explanation for this except to say, as God has said, 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9. God's grace in my life has been abundant. One act of God's grace in my life came through a comment by a fellow Christian about my character. I was wounded, deeply offended, and just incensed at the lack of real perception by this sister in Christ. The truth is, she was far too gentle and should have hit me twice as hard. She commented on my pride, and God knew I respected her and that he could, by that act of grace, bring me to see a deep sin in my life, pride. Pride, by my understanding and experience, is the single most destructive sin. Pride is a complete anti-God state of mind. Pride says, I am good and God is lucky to have me on his team. I wish I could claim that one act of God's grace relieved me of pride, but it did not. However, God did use that comment to awaken me to the reality and depth of pride in my life. Since then, God has continued to try to show me the depth of this sin in my life. Day by day, he's chipping away at me, and each blow of his sculptor's tool is an act of God's grace. I thank God for his grace. Grace often hits us with blows much more devastating than a little touch to our ego. There are times in everyone's life when life circumstances hit us so hard we do not believe we can even draw another breath. This is hard, but even in the midst of life's most devastating events, the grace of God is at work. Grace is a part of God. God loves you, and God is in control. So grace is a part of every challenge we face in life. The grace part of life's challenges is often visible only when viewed in our rearview mirror after the storm has passed. Here is what we can know, and this is a perfect example of why it is so important to know who God is. When God allows a devastating event to take place and we want to cry out, Why God? Why me, God? Why now, God? It is crucial to know who God is. God is holy. God is all-loving. God is all-powerful. God is present. God is merciful. God is just. God is gracious in all things. Here's a warning against us trying to make God look better. It is deeply troubling and often just adds more hurt when people come running into the middle of a tragedy and try to tell the hurting person why the tragedy occurred. That is wrong. We don't know why certain events happen. We are not in the place of God. But there are some things we can know, and they are good to share at the right time. Only the Holy Spirit can guide us to the right time. Quote, this tragedy does not change God's loving presence, his gracious provision, or his perfect plan for your life. God's grace is sufficient. These things we know and we cling to these truths in the storm. We can gently point others to the ultimate grace of God in the person of Christ whom they can anchor to in the storm. 
I can look back on many disasters and see God's grace at work in bringing me and others through the calamity and strengthening us for what would follow in showing himself strong in the midst of our weakest moment in calling us to seek him more than ever and in bringing people into the kingdom people into prayer, and people to a place where they had to make decisions that would impact people and families for generations to come. I rarely have the sense of what God is doing at the moment, but I know, and we can all know, God is at work and that we can trust him in the midst of life's most devastating storms. He is a good, good father, and he is perfect in all of his ways. God is a gracious God at all times, in all things, for all things, for you and for me. Prayer Acknowledging God's Grace Father, thank you for the grace in which we now stand. Lord, help us to know that your grace is the key to our salvation, but it is also the key to our very next breath, to our being able to love you, to love our neighbor, to think right thoughts, to speak right words, to take right actions and avoid wrong ones. Lord, your grace amazes each of us. We thank you, Lord, for being gracious to us without limit. We confess right here and now it is only by your grace that we can even pray this feeble prayer. Lord, graciously lead us into a deeper awareness of the beauty and fullness of your grace and our full dependence upon your grace. May we come to the point in our lives, even now, that one drop of your grace fully received by us is more exquisite than anything this earth has to offer. Thank you, Lord, for grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.